How's it going, NBA fans? This is Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace for another episode of Courtside Take. We've got some playoff basketball to talk about today. Uh, some you know interesting teams winning, uh, but we'll start off as usual. Blake, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, um, playoffs back. You know the the quest for a repeat for Golden State. Um, a lot of fun teams in here. Some great rookie play that we saw this past weekend. Uh, your Sixers grabbed a quick early uh, 1-0 lead on the Heat. It was a good weekend of basketball, and I'm excited to uh, to break it all down with you. So, quick question: Where did the Knicks end up in the draft order? Yeah, I for, think for uh, percentage odds. Well, we ended the season by beating the Cavs, which <laughs> was really upsetting, um, like very upsetting. Uh, let's see the standings. We ended up 29 and 53. Ah, oh, it's not even that bad. I I know, like uh, Brooklyn and Chicago each had 28 and 27 wins respectively. So we finished fifth in the East, but then there were also Four teams in the West that were worse than us, so we have the ninth pick, estimated, not and you know, estimated and, and lottery odds that that deep down, it's not like we're jumping up, but uh, yeah, I'm not happy at all. We won way too many games down out the season. It was bad. Well, you got something to look forward to. Might not be the playoffs, but you got the NBA draft to look forward to. So, uh, unlike me, I got the Sixers <laughs> in the playoffs yeah. looking really good. So uh, we'll start with on Saturday. Uh, yeah, we'll start on Saturday. Uh, first game of the day, uh, the Spurs and Warriors. The Warriors dominated, winning by 21. Uh, you know, not really close. People didn't expect it to be close. Uh, Steph Curry didn't play for the Warriors. You know, what you? What are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, I mean, it's just disappointing to see a Popovich team so depleted of talent. I mean, when Rudy Gay is your high, your game high scorer off the bench. Um, it's really disappointing. Um, he put in 15. LaMarcus Aldridge only managed 14 points. Um, Forbes off the bench again with another 14. It was just a rough day all around for them. They didn't have anyone really have much success. Um, you know, you look at Manu Ginobili, uh, only nine points. Um, Kyle Anderson starting, zero points. Danny Green, only six points starting. It was a really bad showing from San Antonio. They um, shot 40% from the field. And they shot you know, surprisingly 40% from three, but they didn't take that many threes. They only took 22, um, whereas Golden State uh, took, completed or made 45% of their uh, threes, shot 55% from the field. Um, without Kawhi and some more help, I think, you know, this series was a wash. Um, and it's unfortunate because a Popovich team usually deserves to go further than this in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I'll talk about this later, but... You know, I looked at the timetable for Steph Curry's return. It's kind of still up in the air. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw any of the Rockets game last night, but they looked really, really good. I mean, James Harden with 44 mm-hmm. points. And, you know, with the Warriors, while I think they're going to win this series and win it in four games, I don't know without Steph Curry if they can beat the Rockets in the Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals. Um, nevertheless, maybe not get there. I mean, a lot of these teams in the Western Conference are very healthy right now. And they're, they're lucky enough to play mm-hmm. – you know, the only team in the Western Conference that's not healthy. Exactly. Uh, I mean, the Pelicans, I guess you could say, are unhealthy because they don't have DeMarcus Cousins, but Spurs are probably the worst team in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, um, definitely. And I'm surprised that you said that about the Rockets. I guess we'll get to talk about that game last today, but I have some interesting takeaways from that that um, could have some major implications on the rest of the postseason. But, yeah, San Antonio, it's... It's just upsetting. Um, a starting lineup of Deonta Murray, Patty Mills, Danny Green, Kyle Anderson, and LaMarcus Aldridge. The, a lineup like that only makes the playoffs when you have Greg Popovich as your coach. Um, 
made it in as the seven seed, but honestly, I mean, talent-wise, you said it. I mean, the, the Timberwolves at eight, I feel like, have a better roster, um, better depth. And then I'd even say um, the Nuggets, who missed the playoffs, I would take their talent. Um, of course, Popovich is coaching. I'd take yeah. over in both situations. But, um, yeah, definitely it's going to be a, a boring series to watch, even though Golden State's missing Steph Curry. But um, I, still, I would expect a clean sweep from Golden State. Yeah, I think the storyline in this one's got to be uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, he was great. He had uh, 27 points on 11 of 13 shooting, yeah. only missed one three-pointer out of six. Uh, he was great, a plus 22, plus minus. Uh, Draymond Green, typical you know, stat line for him, 12 points, 11 assists, and uh, eight rebounds. So, you know, I think the Warriors will be, Warriors will be fine, especially, you know, with still having Durant uh, and Thompson and Draymond Green in that starting lineup. I don't see them tripping up for the Western Conference Finals. Um, but without Steph, you know, there's got to be a little bit of concern there. Yeah, it was cool to see with uh, the Warriors them start Iguodala at the point. I thought that was an interesting lineup choice. Um, still having Livingston come off at that second unit as kind yeah. of the leader facilitator for the second team. Iguodala, um, who, you know, over the years has lost a little bit of his athleticism. It was cool to see him um, as a point guard, uh, essentially, four assists. Um, still managed to get seven rebounds. Didn't have that much of a an effect on the game overall, but um, it was inter- it'll be interesting to see if Steph doesn't come back maybe by the second series what they you know do to adjust that point guard hole. Yeah, and you know while they started Andre Iguodala at point guard, uh, Quinn Cook still got more yeah. minutes than mm-hmm. him, uh, five points, two assists, four rebounds, two of seven from the field in twenty five minutes. I mean, uh, right now I mean doesn't Sean Livingston? I, see, I don't understand why wouldn't they start Sean Livingston? Why would they go with Andre Iguodala? Just yeah, I don't know. I matchups. Think, yeah, maybe it's matchup. Maybe you know, looking at the bench, um, Nick Young, Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney, more forwards. Those are three forwards off the bench that I feel like. Yeah. Instead of um, Livingston and Cook, which is just two point guards. You also got to throw in minutes for David West. I think more just throwing him at point guard gave some more room on the bench for some of these other forwards, um, which is yeah interesting. I mean, Zaza Pachulia didn't see a minute of action, which I thought was um, interesting, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be some interesting lineup choices throughout the rest of the playoffs, especially given how unhealthy they've been. And if there's a time to test it, it's right now. You're playing the exactly. weakest team. See what works. Um, see what see what happens moving forward, especially without Steph. Yeah. Uh, you don't know what the situation is there, so you might as well you know test it out. We'll move on to the next uh, game, which was the Toronto Raptors and Washington Wizards. Uh, Raptors won one fourteen to one oh six, take a one oh series lead. Uh, Serge Ibaka. Really the story for the Raptors, he had 23 points, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks, 8 for 11 shooting from the field. Um, DeRozan uh, and Kyle Lowry struggled um, once again, you know, combining for only 28 points on 10 of 26 shooting. Uh, what are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, I, I mean, it's great. I think that this is still just the most talented Raptors team they've had in a few years. I love their bench right now. Jacob Poitel, uh, DeLon Wright, uh, Norman Powell. Um, Yak or Pascal Siakim, if I can say all their names right, maybe Siakam. I'll get, Siakam. Yeah. Oh wow, missed that. Um, but I don't know. I just I it was a great game for Abaka. Obviously, I mean the matchup. I'd give the advantage to Abaka over you know not as um, polarizing as a forward in uh, Morris. Um, I think that Abaka just would have had the advantage all day in the post against Morris. Um, and you saw that as he shot seventy three percent from the field. Um, hey DeRozan though forty percent from three. Look at that. Hey. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> Two for five. I know. It, it was a rough game, and, and you're facing a, a very talented backcourt as well. 
Um, I will say, you know, the the Warriors, or, I mean, the Wizards' backcourt of Wall and Beal had a much stronger showing um, than Toronto did um, in Lowry and DeRozan. I mean, John Wall, 23 and 15, pretty great. Um, Bradley Beal, 19 points. Um, it, it all just falls down, unfortunately, to uh, that center position. And I, I we've said it time and time again. I, Martian Gortat can I just don't think can be a starting center for a playoff team that expects to go farther. Uh, than the first round. And, you know, it was a close game. Um, I think I, I still like Toronto at the end of the day, even maybe, you know, in as quick as five games. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the guards um, for Toronto bounce back the rest of the series so they can hopefully gain some momentum for the second round. Yeah, I mean, the difference in this game's got to be the three-pointers. Um, you know, the Raptors shot 16 for 30, while the Wizards shot 8 for 21. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, DeRozan hit two, but they had guys up and down the lineup um, that hit threes, and, you know, it's, that's what the game comes down to. I mean, uh, eight-point game, and they made eight more three-pointers than them. I mean, all they had to do was contest some threes. I think they left them open all night. Um, and, you know, the rest of the game was pretty even. I mean, total rebounds was 43 to 44. Um, assists was 29 to 26. So, you know, really close game other than the three-pointers points, three pointers made. Um, so that's, you know, what I racked that game up to. Yeah, and then the other thing it was surprising, you know, Toronto, I mean, 17 turnovers, still managed to get the win by eight, <clears throat> um, opposed to, you know, only 13 by um, the Wizards. They they weren't um, protecting the ball that well throughout the entire game. And then another thing, you know, you had foul trouble with uh, Kyle Lowry, had five fouls in the game. That unfortunately limits what you can do sometimes, but um, still a strong showing. I like the starting five for um, Toronto. I like the... Going with a newbie, did I say that one right? Yeah. A newbie at small forward. Um, man, there's a lot of names on this team I cannot pronounce. But you know, I just think that it's it's a lengthy lineup. Um, I say Valanciunas is better than uh, Martian Gortat. Abaka great advantage over um, Morris. Um, we just we need to see a little bit more from DeRozan and Lowry through the rest of the se- uh, the series. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we'll move on. But, you know, before we do move on, I would like to say that they're still struggling. Um, and shout out to James Ferris. I don't think the Raptors, the one this series, don't think they're going to go further than that. Shout out to who? I said not shout out. Against James oh, Ferris. Because James Ferris oh. said the Raptors were going, remember that? When he came on our episode, James oh, Ferris was going right. off about the Raptors saying that yeah. he's, they were going to win it all this year. Go that's to interesting. Finals. I, um, yeah, completely forgot about that. But we'll move on to my favorite team, and, you know, they won by 27. Uh, the 76ers beat the Miami Heat 130-103. to 103. Uh, You know, well-rounded performance from, you know, many different people on the Sixers. I mean, they were unstoppable from downtown. They shot 18 for 28 from three-point range, 64% clip for the game, um, 47% from the field, out-rebounded the Heat by 10, uh, had nine more assists, and J.J. Redick, um, and Marco Bellinelli combined for uh, 53 points. So, <laughs> takeaways? Yeah, I mean, God, this team is, is special. And it all, it all starts with Ben Simmons. Um, you know, he, oh, God, I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard some, some takes today that he's, you know, the closest thing we've seen to, like, a baby Magic Johnson, even aside from LeBron. Um, I've heard people come out and say he's a better pure passer than LeBron, which I think um, is true in a sense. I think Ben Simmons just has a better understanding of where everyone is on the court. Um, Ben Simmons is easily just, you know, 
it, it doesn't look like he's a rookie on a playoff stage. Um, you know, he was amazing. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 14 assists. Um, you know, I just... It all revolves around him right now, and especially without Joel Embiid. Like, they won by 27 points without their best or second best player. So that's crazy. Um, and you saw them, uh, you know, kind of fill in that void down low with Dario Saric and Ersan Ilyasova, guys who can also bring it out um, and shoot, you know, mid-range from the three. Um, Ilyasova got 32 minutes nearly. Saric put in 30. Um and they combined for 37 points and 20 rebounds. So it was a great showing from the um, the power forwards there. Uh, J.J. Redick and Marco Bellinelli were just on fire. I mean, the team shot 65% from three, um, whereas Miami was only able to shoot 46. Still, you know, a solid number, but if you're if it's 46 to 63, I mean, you don't stand a chance. Um, interested to hear what your takeaways were. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've talked about this on past episodes is, you know, the depth of the Sixers. Um, we yeah. have something we're really worried about in the middle of the reg- regular season. Um, but, you know, they really showed out in this game. And two of the guys are guys that they got uh, midseason. Marco mm-hmm. Bellinelli with 25 points on uh, four of seven shooting from three. And then Ursan Ilyasova with a double-double, 17 points, 14 rebounds on seven of 15 shooting, including three of four from three. So those were two huge uh, performances and you know JJ Redick you expect you know games like this out of him where he goes four for six from three and scores 28 points um, but yeah like you said Ben Simmons was great I mean they just got great performances out of everyone um, and it's gonna be really scary when Joel Embiid comes back uh, they'll still have uh, Markel Fultz I think they need to up his minutes a little bit in the playoffs they only gave him 14 minutes last night um, but you know plus 12 plus minus uh, five points four assists uh, he provides, you know, a little bit on the defensive side of the ball that they don't really have off the bench um, as well. But, you know, I think the other story's got to be Hassan Whiteside. I mean, 12 minutes on the floor, um, one of four shooting, uh, minus 16, plus minus, only scored two points and had six rebounds. Uh, you know, if he's not there, he's, you know, the one spot I think that he can expose the Sixers right. down low um, with, you know, Dario Sarge and Amir Johnson, some of those guys down low. I mean, I think this is really where the Heat can expose them, but if you know Whiteside can't get his stuff together, this Heat team's you know far from contention. Exactly, and and even just the fact that he did play twelve and a half minutes and only managed to go one from four from the field, um, still got five rebounds. But you know, starting center was Amir Johnson. Um, you know, you had Ilya Soba in there a lot of the minutes as well. Sarge there too. I mean, you would expect him to start off the game hot. You know, if he if he you know picks up more than two points in those 12 minutes, he'll play more. I think it just was a mixture of the fact that, A, he's had problems with the team for a while now, and then, B, he didn't get off to a hot start. I mean, he should be dominating in the paint for the Heat, and I'm surprised that he didn't. Um, maybe, of course, that plays into part with Kelly Olynyk being the best player in that game last, um, Saturday night. I mean, 26 points, 7 rebounds, shot 70% from the field, and 4 or four or 5 from 3. Um you know, he was basically their only guy that really got it going. You had some contributions from Wade. Um, you know, he shot 57% from the field. But, yeah, if Whiteside isn't on the on the court and Spolster doesn't give him, you know, the confidence or the um, the faith that he'll go out there and get it done, I mean, the Heat don't, you know, it'll, it should be a quick sweep from Philadelphia, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw it. I mean, it was a pretty close game at the half, but uh, second half, the Sixers really ran away with it. Is you know... It was really just the depth game. I mean, at that point, uh, you get into the second half, you know, they benched Whiteside. 
uh, and they really relied on some guys off the bench, which, you know, Kelly Olenek played great, but outside of that, they didn't have a double-digit scorer off the bench. Um, so, you know, they're really going to need that if they're not going to play Whiteside those key minutes. But we'll move on to the last game on Saturday, uh, the Pelicans, who, you know, Matt Weirich's favorite team, um, <laughs> 97-95 over the Portland Trail Blazers. Anthony Davis with a monster performance uh, with 35 points, 14 rebounds on 14 of 26 shooting, uh, including four blocks and two steals. You know, what, what are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, I'm just so happy that Davis gets his first playoff win. He was kind of, you know, when a, when a stud is great his first few years and he's putting up crazy mm-hmm. numbers, the wins in the postseason don't matter. But after you get to a certain age, and Anthony Davis is uh, how old now? He is 25 years old. After spending, you know, so many years in the league, you, you, it's like, okay, let's get out of this honeymoon phase, start winning some postseason games. He gets that first postseason win. Um, that's got to be a huge load off his shoulders, and he did it in dominating fashion. Um, the Trailblazers had a rough night, um, 30% from three, uh, 12 turnovers. Especially for a team that's really reliant on the three. Exactly. Um, and, you know, even... Worse, you know, 37% just from the field. I mean, you can't have that and expect to, you know, win. I mean, they almost pulled it out. I mean, Damian Lillard um, put up 18, McCollum 19. You know, they were in that game till the end, but, um, you know, they just didn't have an answer. And I really like Drew Holiday's aggressive mentality um, from the start, you know, being able to put up 21. Uh, How about playoff Rondo? Playoff Rondo just seems to go off, and it's a really interesting... I mean, you had it in the uh, Boston Bulls series last year. I mean, Rondo had an amazing game one, um, and he comes out with six points, eight rebounds, and 17 assists. Uh, You know, didn't shoot that well, but he has such an impact with the way he can move the ball. Yeah, it's interesting because he had 17 assists, but he was actually negative on the floor, uh, plus-minus-wise, you know, might be the defense or uh, something else. But, you know, 17 assists, eight rebounds, definitely impressive. Uh, you know, he needs to be a little more of a threat out there uh, shooting-wise. But, you know, great game from him. Uh, the story for me has got to be, you know, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. They really struggled shooting. Uh, they shot 13 for 41 from the field for 37 points. Uh, and that's just not going to get it done, especially when uh, those guys don't score. You have to rely on Evan Turner and Al Farouk Aminu to get you buckets. That's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, moving forward, uh, I think the Trailblazers got to figure out how to, you know, really get those guys to, you know, shoot effectively and efficiently against, you know, a Pelicans team that definitely was prepared to slow them down today. Yeah, and fortunately for New Orleans, I mean, the thing is, is that they have no depth as well. I mean, besides from Ian Clark off the bench, the bench scored five points. Um, fortunately, they're playing against what I would think is, you know, one of the only other teams in the playoffs right now that doesn't have great depth, and that's Portland. Um, you know, they had six, twelve. I mean, they they had four guys off the bench able to score. I mean, it wasn't that great of a showing. They don't have great depth, and that's kind of where New Orleans can be lucky for this series. Uh, you know, next series, I mean, against, you know, a team like the Thunder, a team, you know, Golden State, Houston, um, in the second half, I just would expect them to pull away from New Orleans. Uh, but, you know, get through this series, get a playoff series win on your resume for Anthony Davis, bring back DeMarcus Cousins, um, and, you know, it'll be a great showing next season if they can stay together, if they can bring anyone in, add some depth on the wing. Um, it, but this is a good start. And especially having Nikola Mirotic there, being able to, you know, shoot, hit uh, four, 40% from three, um, put in 11 rebounds at 16 points. That's a good guy, you know, to have on the wing there. That's the right direction they're moving in. Um, 
I'd just like to see someone slide over at that three spot next year, but they'll uh, maybe Miritich can slide over when Boogie comes back, or he can go off the bench. Uh, but I think they're in a this, this this has to be the the best spot they've been in since Anthony Davis has joined the Pelicans. Um, having another star there, having Rajon Rondo there. Um, not sure how long he is there, but uh, Drew Holiday as well. They have to feel good. At least, you know, get out of this series with a win and then move forward to next year. Yeah, you know, I think this series is, you know, far from over. Uh, I think it's going to be close, you know, maybe six or seven games. Um, but, you know, it makes you wonder what how good they could have been with DeMarcus oh, Cousins. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also brings up, you know, the stupid John Wall debate. Are they better without DeMarcus Cousins? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I got We'll never find out. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to Sunday's games. Uh, the first one, probably the most exciting game of the day. Definitely the most exciting game of the day. Uh, the Celtics and the Bucks. Uh, Terry Rozier with the nasty crossover on Eric Bledsoe. Uh, hit the three-pointer, take the three-point lead. And then with .5 seconds left, uh, Giannis throws the ball into Chris Middleton, who shoots you know probably a 40-foot uh, three-point shot that goes in at the buzzer, forces the game to go to overtime. But the Celtics come out. 113-107 in overtime. Blake, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my biggest takeaway from the game, and it's just specifically with Giannis right now, because he had a great game. 35-13 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, um, shot 52% from the field. My thing with Giannis is right now, he's still young enough where I consider him in that stage that, um, that Anthony Davis was in the years before. Put up amazing numbers, everyone's going to love you. Yeah. And then I think, you know, next year is when we start worrying about Kenny win games. Because, yeah, I don't like the coaching situation they have right now. Um, they do have more talent than, you know, I feel like they're getting credit for. Um, I mean, Chris Middleton, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe, um, Jabari, you know, unfortunately not the best that we've gotten out of him in his young career. But there are more guys here than, you know, this is a team without Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, without Marcus Smart. I mean, starting a lineup of Aaron Baines and Terry Rozier, um, you know, that's not really something that I would expect uh, to be able to handle Milwaukee, especially when, you know, Giannis, we consider a top player in the league. So, um, you know, I it's, it's going to be a really close series. I don't think, you know, this is over yet. It's one game, and it was a close win in overtime. Um, for now, get Giannis some more help. And then, you know, you can be critical of him in the playoffs if he doesn't get it done. But I don't think that time is yet. Yeah, I think, you know, it's what you were talking about earlier. You know, it's kind of the debate. Um, is Giannis really an elite player if he puts up big numbers and his team doesn't win? Um, when you really look at all the elite players in the NBA, you know, LeBron James, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, uh, Anthony Davis, all of those teams, you know, are winning in the playoffs, right? Giannis hasn't won in the playoffs yet. Putting up big numbers, I know, you know, it's – one game, um, but you know it begs the question: if they you know get swept, get beat by five games, with a team without Kyrie Irving, um, is Giannis really elite? I mean, it, it it'll be a debate um, moving forward. But you know, I really like the play of Terry Rozier tonight. Uh, you know, he's going to be one of the most important players down the stretch, uh, especially filling in for Kyrie's spot. I mean, twenty three points. Uh, four rebounds, three assists on seven of 18 shooting. He could be a little more efficient shooting, but, you know, great game for him. Um, and then the three guys uh, that played 44-plus minutes with Al Horford, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown uh, combining for uh, 63 points. Pretty good for those three guys to yeah. uh, 
you know, add that to the offense. And, you know, Tatum was great all night. He had three steals and a block. And Horford had two steals and three blocks. So uh, you can see the Brad defense, Brad Stevens' defense paying off a little bit. Um, you know, I think his strategy is probably let Giannis get his uh, points and then, you know, have the rest of his team beat him. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Chris Middleton shot the ball well, but Henson, seven points. Bledsoe, only nine. Tony Snell, negative uh, 17 plus minus, only two points. And then the bench, uh, Brogdon had 16 off the bench, but other than that, they didn't have a guy that scored more than three points. So, you know, props to Brad Brad Stevens, and, you know, I think this this going to be a five, six-game series with the Celtics on top. Yeah, and it's, it, I mean, the, the thing is, it's kind of like Boston, like we talked with um, with the Pelicans moving forward. You know, can, they can probably get through this first round, but then their depth just scares me. I mean... You were able to play Lar- Shane Larkin, Morris, um, Ojale, and Monroe off the bench, um, and that was it. And you know it, that's unfortunately the, it's not like they were missing depth all year. They're missing their stars and probably one of their strongest guys off the bench in uh, Marcus Smart. So unfortunately, they're just put in a bad situation due to health, and they're doing the best that they can with it. And that just speaks to Brad Stevens. It's kind of like with Greg Popovich making the playoffs with that team. That's amazing. Brad Stevens being able to you know finish off as a top seed get that first win in the first round. I don't think this series, I, I think that Giannis can, t- I don't know who guards Giannis that well. And, you know, maybe Giannis can do even better than than, yes- than uh, yesterday. Maybe he can go off and put up 45. I mean, if there's a team in the Eastern Conference with the best wing defenders, it's got to be, it's got to be the Celtics. Yeah, but, I mean, they have a wing defender, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Is Giannis in. doesn't shoot from the wing. And, and Semi Ojale is a pretty good guy on the, on the wing. Yeah, I just, I don't think that Giannis really is a guy that, you need great wing defenders on. I think you need great post presence. And, you know, Al Horford had three blocks, getting up there in age, not the quickest guy anymore. Um, Bain's kind of a roughhouser. Greg Monroe played 10 minutes. Um, they went a little small ball. Morris got 35. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I think that Giannis can still have better games than what he did yesterday. And if he does, I mean, they were, you know, a play away from winning that game. Maybe, you know, the flip of a coin, it goes the other way, and next thing you know, we've got a tied series. Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, he got his 35 points, and he's not going to score 50. He doesn't have he doesn't have the ability to score 50 because he can't shoot from the outside. Um, you know, he scored 35 tonight, uh, and that was, you know, great. And, you know, actually 13 of those points came from the line. Uh, so you take away, he really only scored 22 points from the field. Um, you know, Chris Middleton... I wouldn't expect him to have 31 in another game this no. series. Um, and then after that, I mean, you look at Bledsoe, nine points, and then Henson, seven. Uh, you know, Jabari Parker with two off the bench. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon was, you know, pretty good. But, you know, one guy off the bench. I mean, if they let Giannis score 50 even. Is it enough? Do they have enough, you know, up and down their roster to get wins? I don't know. And, and Brad Stevens knows how to scheme well defensively. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. I think, you know... Last thing, it just you know, it, it's so unfortunate to not have Jabari Parker at 100%. Um, only be able to put in under 15 minutes. Um, you know, went one of five from shooting. He's clearly not right right now. Um, you know, significant injuries his entire career. You know, kind of halt that from uh, prevent that from happening. But um, that's kind of the I think the missing piece for this Bucks team to be successful is to have that second guy be Parker. So then you're not relying on Chris Middleton to be your second best and Bledsoe to be your third. You know, if they slid down to where Chris Middleton's your third best player and Eric Bledsoe's your fourth, you know, that's a lot better of a situation. But when you have to have Parker come off the bench, um, you know, it's it just isn't that – it's not going to be that successful for them. Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll move on. 
Uh, we could talk about the Celtics for a while and the Bucks. I mean, two very interesting teams. Uh, but probably the longest discussion is coming next. Yeah. Pacers and the Cavs. Pacers won by 18 in Cleveland. Uh, LeBron had a triple-double but didn't really get any help. You know, are the Cavs in trouble, Blake? I mean, it's not a great game one. Uh, I mean, they got blown out. Understatement. <laughs> yeah, under, yeah, understatement. It's not a great game. I mean, when you shoot 23% from three, you're going to have a rough time beating, you know, anyone in today's NBA. I'm pretty sure I saw seven of the eight matchups um, over the weekend. Whoever shot better from three went away with the win. Um, so, you know, Cleveland to shoot 23% while Indiana goes 40, that's got to be the biggest difference maker. Um, what a game from Victor Oladipo, though. I mean, 32 points, six rebounds, four assists, four steals, shot 11 of 19 from the field, six of nine from three. Um, you know, he was electric as, you know, the leader for Indiana. Um, you know, his comments after the game, he really shows you that he's, you know, he's here to win. He doesn't care about the greatness of LeBron or the greatness of that that the opposing team has. He's going to go out there and do the job that he can. And um, he had an amazing game, uh, amazing playoff debut for Indiana. And it, it is going to be interesting to see how Cleveland bounce back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the thing about the Cavaliers that it, I'm struggling with right now is, is it goes back to the whole Giannis debate. I don't know if the depth's there. So can LeBron really win you a playoff series at this point in his career? I mean, Yes, but yes, but you know, with Kevin Love, obviously, with you know, he had a triple double tonight 24 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. But after him, they had one guy scoring double digits, and it was Larry Nance with 10 points. Jared Smith put in 15. Oh, okay, yeah, way so down there, yeah, way down exactly. there. Exactly, <laughs> 29 minutes, 15 points, but still. You got Kevin Love with only nine points on three of eight shooting. George Hill, who's you know one of the best three point shooters in basketball, with seven points. Rodney Hood with only nine. I mean. He's going to need some help. I'm the triple double's nice and all that, but you know, he I mean, I've seen him score 44 points in a game, 45 in a whole series yeah. and win series, but I don't know, you know, those were definitely better teams than he were on than than he's on now. So, I don't know. I I You're could see I could see the Pacers beating the Cavs yeah. in a in a uh, seven game series. I don't think it'll happen. I think that I think the the loss I chalk up to poor coaching. This starting five for Cleveland, I saw, had never played a game starting together this entire season. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of guys came over at the trade deadline. Kevin Love just came back. But there hadn't been a game where you had Hill, Hood, LeBron, Jeff Green, and Kevin Love all playing in the starting five. Um, so I think, you know, Ty has got to do a better job of getting, you know, seeing what rotations in Cleveland have had the most success and then putting them together a majority of the time and, to speak on the depth thing, I mean, I don't think their depth is that bad. You know, I I liked I like Larry Nance. Um, he had a good showing, uh, ten points on seventy one percent shooting. Jared Smith got hot um, in I want to say the third quarter. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Clarkson didn't have the best shooting night, um, but he's still a guy I think I would trust. You know, it's just his first playoff game. You know, experience doesn't you know experience plays a lot into that. Um, I also think another poor coaching choice. I don't. I don't care about his personal life, what he's got going on right now. You play Tristan Thompson more than two minutes, I think. Especially when you have um, the opposing centers that you're playing. You know, Miles Turner, a big-bodied guy. You have Al, or Al Jefferson didn't play. Uh, Trevor Booker. I just think that to create a better presence, Sabonis as well, Thaddeus Young, I think you need to give Thompson more than two minutes um, and, you know, let him get some offensive rebounds. He only had one rebound in the game. 
Especially um, when you're missing threes. I mean, he's exactly. a, that's one of his biggest assets is getting those missed three-pointers and yeah. throwing them back out and, you know, getting that second chance three. three. And, I mean, um, no, I, I agree with you. Did you hear uh, Tristan Thompson had a kid with uh, Khloe Kardashian in the last couple of days? And yeah. You know what he named, you know what he oh, named his daughter? No. True. Her, na- her first name is True. Oh, T-R-U-E. True Thompson. True Thompson. Like, hey, True, I cheated on your mom days before you were born. God, that's, you that's, know, that's that's funny, honestly. That's, but yeah. back, mean, back to, back no, to I, basketball. I get, back to basketball. I just want to throw that out that's there. So I thought it was funny. pretty funny. Um, but, you know, I, I, I agree the Cavs have a lot of depth, but they didn't even use it in this game. I mean, they played eight players 20-plus, or seven players 20-plus minutes. I mean, George Hill only played 19 minutes. I think... They need to rely more on, you know, some minutes from Seti Osman, from yeah. Tristan Thompson, Jose Calderon, you know, maybe give him 15 minutes. Give Kyle Korver more than four minutes. Let him get hot, hit four or five threes. Um, like the J.J. Redick effect, you know, exactly. throw him in the game. The let, him get, let him get Yeah, <laughs> let him get hot. Um, and you never know what happens. I mean, those guys can sometimes carry a game, uh, you know, especially with LeBron passing the ball so well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, props to Victor Oladipo. Props um, to the Pacers. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, say that I think the Pacers are going to win the series, but, you know, at this point, after that game one, Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland, you know, needs to watch out. I think LeBron's just going to take over his coach. I think he's going to tell Ty Lue to take a backseat. I mean, you've seen him get in arguments with his coaches before. I think that's what happens here again. I mean, these lineups are ridiculous, especially when you have Jeff Green playing 27 minutes and he went 0 for 7 from the field. Uh, he didn't add much, and Tristan Thompson is a much better rebounder than Green. And then you can slide Kevin Love to the power forward. Kevin Love has had some great success with with Thompson at the center. He's not getting bullied around as much in the paint. Is you know feeling better throughout the course of a game to hit some shots. Um, because that's another thing. Kevin Love needs to score more than nine points. Seventeen rebounds is great. You can get that from Tristan Thompson. We need Kevin Love to be in the twenties scoring wise. And you know it was a bad game, a lot of bad coaching decisions. But I I still. I still think that this Cavs team is taking the East at the end of the day. I just think that they, it just, it's going to take some time. It is looking good for the Sixers, though. Oh, yeah. This With is With the Cavs struggling, everyone's struggling. Looks great. Everyone's struggling, and then the Sixers and win Philly's, by 27. Yeah, without, without top Joel two player yeah. on their team. Yeah, uh, it's a great start for them. Um, it has to look great in the East. Um, it's very interesting because if they lose in the first round, well, this this is actually the first time LeBron's lost a first round game in like yeah. five postseasons or something. Yeah. I think it's 21 games. Um, but, you know, what if they lose in the first round and the Sixers win the Eastern Conference? How enticing would that be for him to go to the, the Sixers this right. offseason? He's like, I can't even make it out of the first round in Cleveland, but if I go to Philly, they've already won the Eastern Conference. Would he get more crap for uh, than Kevin Durant joining the Warriors? Or would Kevin Durant still get the most... I don't know. See, the whole thing is... Durant never won a title in Oklahoma City. LeBron went back and gave him a title. Yeah. So, so you feel like yeah. wherever LeBron goes, it's going to be... I think Cleveland already braced for this. Yeah, I that's think, true. I mean, I, he'll get criticism no matter what he does. If he stays in Cleveland, then people will hate him in L.A. Right. And people will hate him in Philly and all that. But, all right, we'll move on. We've got two games left to cover. Uh, Hoodie Mello and the Thunder Ooh. took down <laughs> non-Rookie of the Year, Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz, 116-108. to 108. Uh, story had to be Playoff P. Uh, yeah, new Playoff ni- P. New nickname for <laughs> Paul George emerged. I don't know if you saw the post-game press conference with uh, Russell Westbrook and Mello where the one of the reporters was like, Playoff P, and they both looked at each other like, who the hell is Playoff P? <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, a new nickname has emerged. He had 36 points, 8 of 11 from 3 point, 13 for 20 from the field. Uh, you know, a great game from him. Uh, Mello, you know, takeaway, you know, takeaway from the game would be that he played, you know, pretty well, honestly. 15 yeah. points, um, three steals, two blocks, seven rebounds, uh, mm-hmm. making two three-pointers. I mean, you wish he'd make more than two of seven, but, yeah. uh, you know, plus one, plus minus, um, you know, Russell Westbrook, great game, 29 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists, uh, you know, five turnovers, not great, 10 for 25 from the field, not great, but they came away with the, they came away with the win thanks to Paul George. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is gonna be a really fun series. Um, I still I expect the Thunder to pull it out and probably I'd say about six, maybe a game seven, um, just because they have more star talent. I mean, the Jazz's best player, while you know had a great debut in the playoffs, um, is still only a rookie. Um, Rudy Gobert stud in the middle, and that's a great battle to watch. Gobert and Adams go against each other all game. That is something fun to watch. Um, you know, I just don't want Russell Westbrook shooting the ball that much. Um, it's kind of looking like a Carmelo stat line in in New York. The only difference is when Melo was taking those shots in New York, he had no talent around him, whereas Russell Westbrook has another all-star in Paul George, one of the top centers um, in the paint, Stephen Adams, and then, you know, even, you know, some shooters, Corey Brewer, um, Melo. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I think that it's so ineffective for them, for him to shoot 25 times in a game where you have a guy next to you shooting um, 72% from three. I mean, he went eight of 11 from three. They did a good job of getting Paul George the ball, but I just think that, you know, Russ needs still needs to defer more to his teammates because that 40% shooting from him um, is, is pretty ineffective. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the 13 rebounds is, is great. The eight assists is great. Um, but you, you would want more efficient, uh, play out of him um but you know the jazz you know there's a situation brewing there with uh donovan mitchell has a bruised foot yeah um really had to convince the coaches to let him go back in but he finished with 27 points 10 rebounds three assists two steals and a block um 11 for 22 from the field i mean he's been a transition um insert any adjective he's been great um at a young age i mean what he's done for this team um has been awesome and the story you know here moving forward I think has got to be getting Steven Adams more involved I know he's going up against Rudy Gobert Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a very difficult matchup but I think if the Thunder can win that battle they've won the series exactly and and it'll go even further even in the next series I mean because then you're matched up with Clint Capella um, with the Rockets that's an amazing matchup too it all comes down in the paint from that for them Um, and the star power on this team can't be ignored and I'm gonna say something when we talk about our next game but um, they've got some guys here. They're in the playoffs. Everyone wanted to give them crap at the beginning of the year when it wasn't working out. Whenever they, you know, lose a few games in a row, everyone wants to pull them up on national TV and, and ridicule them. I think they're fine. I think they're one of the scarier teams in the playoffs right now. Did you uh, see what Paul George said to Joe Ingles after he hit the three? I was trying to make out what he said. I didn't read it. Oh, God, it was hilarious. Um, he said. I think he said something in the ball. I'm trying to look it up right now because um, it was hilarious. But no, you know what? You guys can go look it up. But it, it was pretty great. I mean, Paul George could not miss. He was just talking oh, trash to Joe Ingles of all people. So um, no, I I understand what you're saying. You know, star power is going to be huge in this series. I don't think the you know Donovan Mitchell is a go-to scorer, but you know the 
Thunder basically have three guys they can go to if they need buckets at any point. Exactly. So, you know, that's the difference in the series. And, you know, going forward, I mean, Paul George uh, versus James Harden matchup could be, you know, terrific. I don't know if they'll match up, but mm-hmm. that, that could be terrific. But we'll move on to last game. Um, the Houston Rockets win a close one last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 104-101. James Harden with 44 points, uh, 15 of 26 shooting, while Andrew Wiggins was the leading scorer uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves with 18 points on 7 of 15 shooting. You know, what are your takeaways? Did you expect? Do you expect this to be a sweep? Well, you're you're leaving out one player's stat line, which I think is pretty interesting. I mean, you're leaving out the uh, Chris Paul performance of five for fourteen from the field, one for six from three, uh, and six turnovers. You know, you, you got to throw that one out there too. Chris Paul. They won though. I, they won, but I mean, come on, look at. I mean, just look at his playoffs. He he just. There's something about. Everyone specifically on this Rockets team that scares me. I mean, Chris Paul has time and time again, you know, he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest players to never make a Western Conference Finals if they don't this season. Uh, James Harden had that huge blunder against San Antonio last year where he fell apart in, uh, I think it was Game 7 of that series. Um, and then Mike D'Antoni is is known around the league as a guy who can't get it done in the postseason. And then they almost lose to, while it's a good team in Minnesota, they almost lost to the eight seed um, in a very close game that came down to the wire. Um, I'm scared for Houston. I mean, Harden had to pull out 44 points and shoot uh, 60% from three to, you know, get what, a three-point win. But what scares you about the Minnesota Timberwolves? I mean, It's not had, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They had, they had no one. They had no great performances. They had no one score 20-plus. Andrew Wiggins was their leading scorer at 18, um, 7 of 15 shooting. Carl Anthony Towns only made three shots all game. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler only 13 points. I'm not, I'm not scared about the Timberwolves. I'm scared that the Rockets were only old, able to beat the Timberwolves by three because next series they're going to be matched up with a much more talented team than Minnesota in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, but That's you, what scares me. You can look at this game very positively for the Rockets too and you know look back at – Harden's past performances, you know, he's really choked at points in the playoffs. And to come out and, you know, really carry this team with 44 points, I mean, when the rest of those guys come around, yeah. it's going to be scary. Well, that's the thing is if they come around, and if they can come around while Harden is still putting up these numbers, they were only still able to pull out the win by three. And like you said, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, three of nine from the field. Uh, Jimmy Butler, four of 11 from the field. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was the leading scorer for them. And then Derrick Rose had 16 off the bench. And the Rockets were still only able to win by three. It just scares me a little because you're going to be going up against a much more talented team um, with a more physical center next series in Steven Adams. Um, with, you know, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Um, I just would be scared if I'm the Houston Rockets because I think that if OKC gets to Houston, I think they have a very good chance of, of making it past them to the Western Conference Finals. We shall see. Yeah. Quick segment to end the show. I'll run through all eight matchups. Uh, we didn't really preview oh, the playoffs yeah. last week, so I'll just run through real quick. Blake will give me the team he thinks is going to win the series, um, and I'll do the same. So we'll start with the Spurs Warriors. Uh, Golden State in four. Golden State in four. I mean, that's unanimous there. Uh, Raptors Wizards. Raptors in five. I'm going to go Raptors in five as well. Nice. I think that you know the Wizards could have enough firepower to steal at least one game. Uh, Heat Sixers. Sixers and five. Say Sixers and four. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Pelicans Trailblazers. Pelicans in six. Pelicans in seven. So we've got all the same picks. You know, a little off in the game mm-hmm. so far. 
Bucks Celtics. Bucks in seven. Ooh, Celtics in seven. Ooh. <laughs> that, that final game is yeah. going to be in Boston. Mm-hmm. So, um, Pacers Cavs. Cavs in five. All my doubt. I'm going to go Cavs in six. Thunder Jazz. Thunder in five. Thunder in six. Gotcha. Um, these are all conservative mm-hmm. because yeah. they can go either way. Uh, and the final series, Rockets Timberwolves. <clears throat> Rockets in five. Rockets in four. Four, yeah. Um, so those are our predictions. And, you know, we're out of time for this week's episode. Uh, we'll have, you know, developments over the week of, you know, a lot of these series. Uh, I think we'll be right at, you know, five games five, six, and seven uh, for next week's episode. So thank you for joining us. Blake, do you have any last words? No, uh, I can't say the tank is on anymore because we have the ninth pick in the draft, um, which is very upsetting, but... You know what? We're going to trade for Kawhi, so it doesn't matter anyways. So I'm, I'm on that train now. That's how I'll end each episode. Knicks trade for Kawhi Leonard. I already got the package set up. It's the ninth pick, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Frank Natilakina for Kawhi Leonard. I think they're going to need to trade a little more than that, oh, but we shall, we shall see. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us on this week's episode, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah, take care.